0: That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
1: I'm in my best friend's house with his partner. You know, like, I didn't want them to worry about me, which should be another warning sign of mine when I start to, you know, overcompensate for others' emotions. They go to bed, and, like, this is when, like, things get very dangerous and very scary, um, because then, like, the suicidality just jumped out of me. I was sort of stuck in the room and I was literally down the hall from them and I could not bring myself to knock on their door and ask for one of them to sit with me. My name is Jordan Danielle. I am in Brooklyn, New York. I am 23 years old. I'm currently diagnosed with personality disorder, as well as PTSD. It's a very day-to-day thing, or even hour-to-hour thing, minute-to-minute thing. The spiral is literally just like one unconscious thought away. The biggest symptom of my diagnosis that I struggle with is dissociation. Some people will say like, you know, you lose touch with time. It's kind of just like daydreaming to the most extreme sense. I would be on the metro and end up somewhere and not know why I was going there or really remember what I was doing there. I have all my belongings on me and I'm on my way to do something. But in this moment, I kind of just snap to place and I'm there. Or I will look up days later and like I think a day has passed and it's actually a week. I don't remember what happened during those days. I've obviously been alive and functioning to some extent, but, like, I couldn't recall, like, details. I would definitely say COVID has had a large impact on my mental health. That comes from not just, like, Fears of my physical health, but also my ability to connect with practitioners. It's really hard to get appointments. Also, housing security has been, um, jeopardized by COVID, which is why when I left my mom's home, I was struggling with like homelessness, you know, for a while because it was so hard to find places to go. There are a lot of ways in which my support system and I myself could have taken better care for myself had it not been a global pandemic. I cannot say exactly what set off this most recent um, depressive episode. There's always a combination of things. One of those things was not having access to my medication because of something do with my insurance, which means withdrawal symptoms like brain zaps, which just feels like someone is zapping you in the back of your neck or like the base of your spinal cord. This past early June, I'm in Philadelphia at my friend Josue's house. We just had an amazing day. I don't know how to explain a great day in pandemic. COVID times, but um, we had a social distanced dinner. We had pizzas. Everyone made their own, you know, keep your space. We had, They had some wine. We stayed up playing Mario Party. It was very cute. I was like, okay, I'm feeling tired. I'm gonna ride this wave to sleep. I get to my room and I start crying hysterically. And I don't know why. I'm just like, what in the world is happening. I'm like walking downstairs and I see my friend Jose. I just fall into his arms kind of. um, And they're like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, I really don't know. And I just kind of sat there that night going back and forth with myself, coming very close to hurting myself. I just kind of passed out probably from like mental and physical fatigue. And I just woke up the next day. in Philadelphia. I didn't know where to go. So my friend Josue and I, we were like trying to do quick research about which hospital might be best in terms of psychiatric services. We contacted my insurance. I knew from friends who aren't insured or don't have the same type of insurance as I, that it'd be extremely expensive. So that was a concern. Even before my safety, I was like, I don't know if I can afford this guys. like, maybe I I shouldn't. I pack my bag. I get my stuff together. My friend takes me to the hospital. So he waited with me through the first intake process, you know, with the first, like, physical stuff. And they give you your wristband and you're, like, waiting to see the doctor who's a psychiatrist. But it's COVID, so I let him leave. And so now I'm by myself at the hospital. I speak to an intern who's going to relay things back to the doctor. So I'm, you know, opening up about past traumas and letting them know everything, even things from childhood. Because I'm like, I genuinely need help. I see like three different people and tell them my story. I do the drug test, the urine test, you know, I'm there for five hours. I remember this one guy coming back to me multiple times and he kept on saying like, well, how do you feel now? How do you feel now? I was like, I don't feel okay. They asked me if I felt safe enough going back to my friend's house and staying with him. And I was like, why would that make sense if I just spent the night at their house and didn't feel safe asking for help? discharged me at 1 a.m. with 6% battery on my phone, like alone on the streets. And like, you know, in this time of like racial tension, like Black Lives Matter, I just felt like I got kicked out of a hospital and they told me, you didn't matter. And as I'm sitting there crying in the street of Philadelphia, I look up and you see this banner that says, heroes work here. And I just start sobbing even more because I'm just like, look at America, like, look at our healthcare system, you know. It's not just me sitting out here, like none of my like past achievements mattered. Boarding school didn't matter, one of the top 20 schools in the country didn't matter. Studying abroad didn't matter, being an A student didn't matter. My friend, I text him, he was like, do you want me to come get you? Why, this gets even more dangerous because they let me go by myself. And my friend was asking me if he should come pick me up. At first, I, there was a voice inside of me saying no. Like, I didn't care what happened to me at that point. I wasn't gonna do the safe thing. I followed all the steps in my safety plan. And in that moment I was just like, the doctors will help me. And the doctors told me that like, I didn't matter. Josue picks me up um, that night. We went back to their place. In the morning, Josue woke me up. At that point, because it's also COVID, you know, I don't expect him to travel to New York with me. Josue takes me to Amtrak, and I take the first train by myself to New York. I was feeling hypervigilant and nervous, you know, traveling alone during COVID. All I could think is, what if I get rejected there too? From that train, I get in an Uber and I drive straight to the emergency room um for New York Presbyterian, and that's where things kind of unfold once again. It's hard to feel like opening up and being vulnerable and giving my liberties over to another set of professionals who could again reject me. I went to the desk, they asked me what I needed. I asked them for the psychiatric ER. They asked me why, I said suicidal ideation. They um, do my vitals, they took my clothes. I was strapped to a gurney and had a long ambulance ride to Westchester. I'm admitted to the Westchester facility. Eventually, you know, a bed opens up. Um, I go upstairs, and um, it's the same unit that I was on the year before. I actually see a patient that I had seen before. So I felt a bit more of n- normalcy. I was here before. I got help. The doctors are going to do this. I'll be here a few days. It's not going to be a picnic, but, you know, I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. I did it already. And because I had said that I was feeling suicidal, I was on a a suicide watch. I remember sleeping on the floor with one blanket and a pillow because you're a risk to yourself. It just feels shitty because you can't even sleep on the bed because the attendant can't come in the room. At one moment, I even asked to go into the comfort room, which is like the padded room. And I was like, I'm not feeling safe. Can someone sit with me? As far as COVID is concerned, I definitely think it affects the staff and their care. They were short-staffed. There were people who, you know, had to be called to other units for like emergencies. They didn't have the proper supplies. Like they had patients wearing the same mask for days in a row, and they were asking for new masks, and they were like, "We don't have any." And like, luckily, I had packed my own. The staff, you know, they're short-tempered, they're agitated, they're like giving us tablets to appease us to go to our rooms. And here's an MP3 and like, oh, you guys are getting too loud. Some of you watch a movie, go to your room. They don't have um, puzzles or books or supplies out to limit contact and to be sanitary. Another problem I had was we had to be in cohorts. Um, So we were in the same group to minimize contact. And people in my cohort were doing like cross talking and group therapy where, you know, I was speaking and one person was cutting me off and like talking over me. And if your group is triggering, that's not a place you wanna be. It also affected like all the food and things I brought. You know, I struggle with disordered eating and they confiscated everything. That's just another thing I didn't wanna deal with. I'm like, I don't wanna be force feeding myself while I'm also trying to like medication manage. Usually we get to go outside for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know. This time around, we each had like five minutes outside. It's not really five minutes. It was like hard to breathe inside. You get outside and like there was almost some sort of sadness because you knew that you had to go back in like a few seconds. You're like trying to be grateful, but also like pissed off that you're an adult and you can't fucking sit outside for five seconds and breathe. I feel like I was in there about um, a little over a week. I was like, let me out now. I don't care. I don't want to be here. Um, It was against their wishes, but I was there voluntarily because I had signed myself in, and I left. And I took the bus back to my sublease in Brooklyn. I would say that's about three weeks ago, due to some other circumstances I'm in the process of moving again I've been struggling for months I've had this crisis scenario where at the end of my treatment plan it's like go to the hospital so I'm sitting like what the fuck do I do now and the answer is you just keep going